Kettlebell Drenga. The gods have smiled upon us. We have been honored by the American Kettlebell Lifters Union to host the WKSF North American Championships for the next three years. Honorable warriors of the steel will travel from far and wide to battle for the title of champion. And you can earn your place to represent the USA team at the WKSF World Championships. Registration is available now for only $100 with raffle prizes available for all competitors and the opportunity to win cash prizes for the top performers. We'll be back at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota on Saturday, October 14th and accepting video submissions for online competitors. Go to TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com to register today. Come, answer the call of battle. Join us and fight for your clan. Fight for yourself. Claim your spoils and your glory. Sign up now and may your name forever ring out in the Hall of Champions. Sign up today at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Now, I will say, that is probably the last time you will hear me say that mission statement on this podcast, because the topic we're talking about today is 10 Benefits of purpose in your life and living with intention. And uh, in the second half, I unveil the new mission statement for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club because as part of this reflection, I've decided that my previous mission statement wasn't quite in line with what I think is the purpose of the club and why I founded it and why I stick with it. So I hope you will tune in and listen to the end so you can hear all of that. But before we jump into the episode, I do want to announce that the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club has been selected to host the World Kettlebell Sport Federation Open North American Championship for the next three years. It will also be an AKLU qualifier event for Team USA, so you can come compete for the 2023 North American Championship and qualify to compete internationally representing your country in the 2024 WKSF World Championships. And we could not be more excited about that news. So uh, that does mean for at least this year, the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open uh, will not be happening or will be happening under the name of the WKSF North American Championship. Um, but if you've already registered, fear not, you don't have to re-register. You don't have to pay the, the, new, uh, the new enrollment fee. Um, the event will still be happening as scheduled and it will be as epic as it has been in each of the previous years. And I appreciate your grace for the changes um, in advance. Thank you. And of course, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm incredibly grateful that you listen to the podcast. Best way you could support me is to go register for the WKSF Open North American Championships um, and tell a friend or two or your entire team. Uh, go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com for details. And of course, if you haven't already, please leave a rating and review of the platform podcast wherever you get this podcast delivered to you. 
Support my work by supporting our sponsors, whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And last but not least, if you want help reaching your goals without wasting time, please fill out the coaching interest form linked in the show notes. I help athletes of all levels using my integrated coaching approach. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, let's step onto the platform and talk about living with purpose. All right, welcome into this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Cundy Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. Welcome back. I am glad to be here. And I feel like this episode is kind of a big one for me um, because I have been doing a lot of work on myself uh, over the last few years in particular. But um, recently, having turned 40, um, I did a lot of reflection. I think it's a normal thing at this point in your uh, in your life to you know when you hit a big milestone birthday, which you know forty is kind of a big one. It's it's like a, a midway point if you consider the average life expectancy for uh, a white guy in America is I think seventy eight years now post COVID. Um, you know so technically statistically speaking you're 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 past the the statistical midway point um so hence the the term of midlife crisis right but it, it does end up causing you to reflect on a lot of things uh and i am no exception to that i i have been reflecting on a lot of things and really thinking about uh you know the first the first half of of my life and you know you check in at halftime and see how are things going how how did the first half go and uh and then you you kind of set purpose for set intention for the for the back half too set set intention for the second half right we do that in kettlebell sport um i i always advise my athletes to to check in at halftime see how their pacing is doing see how they're feeling because uh, you're you're through the halfway point you know and so i've been doing that uh I've been doing that myself. And, uh, as part of that process, I've been really, really trying to look at, um, you know, the why behind things, the purpose. Um, because I think that having a purpose in your life is, is actually more important than, uh, most other things. Um, I, cause I think, I think that finding your purpose or having a purpose, deciding on a purpose is uh or multiple purposes <laughs> right but find, finding reasons uh that give you purpose i think is uh a precursor to happiness or or joy long-term sustainable uh happiness right happiness i guess can be a temporary state but like joy i guess is a more permanent uh definition of satisfaction right how do you how do you how do you find satisfaction in your life um and th- that's that's a challenge especially balancing the, the drive for continual improvement um, with uh, with contentment and, and happiness and purpose, right? And so I think finding purpose gives you a reason to keep striving for improvement while also allowing uh, contentment and happiness and joy to be present in your life. And um, 
I'm happy to say that upon, you know, upon review of the research, uh, that, that that is in fact true. So there, there's a lot of research out there. Um, and I won't, I won't belabor all of the research that's, uh, that's out there, but I will say that, um, you know, based on a number of studies, they're especially, and I will say that, that when it comes to life satisfaction um, and purpose in life, a lot of the research is done on people in the back half of their life. The people tend to range in the, you know, the 50 to 90 range in most of the research. Now, there is research, some research done on happiness and life satisfaction in younger people, but um, most of the studies are, are skewed towards people that are over 50, probably because... Um, I think you get a bit more pensive and a bit more reflective and you probably can answer these questions a bit more, uh, reliably, um, or <laughs> than, than young people. I don't think, I know I personally, as a young person, hadn't thought a, a ton about all of these things. Um, when I was, you know, in my early twenties, although I did, I, I have always kind of had a drive to, to have a mission in life and to have a purpose. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's not entirely accurate, but looking back on it now, I would say that I, I have more clarity around purpose and intentionality, uh, than I did when I was, when I was in my twenties, in my twenties, in my thirties. Um, but particularly in my twenties, I was kind of trying to find my place in the world and find the lane that I, that I felt like I was contributing to the world in. And now that I'm a bit older, I feel like I've, I've found a lot of those things. I know where I'm, where I'm deficient and I know where I'm good and I'm working on those things that I'm deficient in and trying to lean into those things that I think I'm good at, um, you know, et cetera. So there are ostensibly, uh, 10 primary benefits. There's probably more, um, there's probably more than 10, but, uh, I like top tens. So we're going to say 10 benefits to, uh, having a purposeful life, living with intention, as I like to call it. So living with intention. Um, and uh, again, I'm not going to put these in, it, they're going to come out in, in, in order, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not saying this in the, these are the top 10 benefits as that they're as though they're ranked ordered. Um, these are just 10 benefits that are reflected in research when it comes to living with uh, purpose or living with intention. So a lot of this comes from, there was a 2019 um, survey by British researchers where they followed, uh, you know, 7,300 men and women over the age of 50 living all over the UK. Uh, average age was 67, um, but with an age range of 50 to 50 to 90. So uh, a lot of the benefits come from there. And then there's some other studies, which I'll also, I'll try and cite. Um, but, you know, you can just go Google uh, life satisfaction and purpose or purpose and life satisfaction, uh, and find scholarly articles and, and links to research that, that, uh, that these come from. But, uh, I found the, I found the British survey to be pretty interesting because it was a larger sample size, longitudinal, um, you know, survey data. So, um, number one is happiness. Uh, researchers found that the self-reported happiness feelings were statistically higher um, in people with higher, there was a strong correlation, people who scored higher on life purpose or life uh, purpose in life scores also scored higher in self-assessment of happiness. So having some type of purpose in your life 
is more likely to have you report yourself as happy (laughs) and happier than your peers, than people who score lower. So the higher your life satisfaction or purpose in life score, the higher your happiness scores in general, right? So if the goal in life (laughs) is to enjoy it and be happy, um, which I think a lot of us would, would agree is, is the goal. Uh, I would say finding your purpose in life is pretty important. Uh, another one is stronger personal relationships. So higher ratings, higher ratings in purpose in life were also correlated with, uh, the likelihood of having a life partner. (laughs) So, you know, whether that's husband, wife, uh, whatever, um, but having a partner in life, a lower risk of divorce, um, more contact with friends, membership in organizations and activity in your community, volunteering, higher number of uh, what are self-reported close relationships, um, and lower lower scores of loneliness. Right? So people with purpose tend to have stronger connections to other people. And maybe that's symbiotic, right? Maybe, maybe greater connection also leads to higher purpose in life. But I feel like, um, when you find your crew and you find the the people that support you, um, and when you have a purpose, it's much easier. It's a filter by which you can determine, um, is this person a good fit for my purpose in life? Right. It does this, does this person align, right? And you're much more likely to encounter people that do align with your purpose in life, right? So it, which then allows you to form stronger, healthier relationships. And I think that's, I think that's uh, incredibly, incredibly important. Um, you know, number five, uh, or sorry, <laughs> number, <laughs> uh, number five. Number three <laughs> would be uh, health. And it's related to, uh, it's related to that, that purpose in life, but related to that community, there's, there's research that shows that, um, the more, the more connected you are and the lower risk of divorce and, uh, the, the less likelihood of loneliness, uh, correlates strongly to, to, uh, health. So there's, when you're, when you're healthy, um, you have a lower, lower incidence of chronic illness, lower incidence of pain, uh, depression, uh, higher ratings of fitness. Um, you know, there's, then there's the obvious, uh, connection that if you're healthier, uh, now that the longitudinal benefit of that higher health, um, is longevity. So that would be number four would be longevity, right? So the, the more you have a healthy life, and a purpose in life, the more connected you are to your community and strong personal relationships, the more likely it is that you're going to live a long life, right? So um, they have people with higher purpose in life scores had lower all-cause mortality rates, according to um, a meta-analysis done by the Journal of the American Metal Asso- Association, uh, where they looked at over 50 published studies. And so the, the meta-analysis really found that there was a strong, strong correlation um, of decreasing all-cause mortality with higher purpose in life scores, right? So um, it also decreased the chance of premature death. Um, and that's even after 
controlling for factors like depression and chronic illness. So um, people that were low on the sense of purpose scores were almost twice as likely to die during the scope of the study, which was 2006 to 2010. Um, that is pretty incredible, right? So um, finding your purpose makes it a lot less likely that you're going to die um, or that you're going to die prematurely and also um, makes it a lot more likely that you're going to live longer, um, which is which is pretty incredible, I think. Um, so longevity is is pretty is pretty important. Um, you'll also find healthy habits are more likely in people with a purpose. Um, you're just much more likely to regularly exercise, eat healthy foods, watch less TV, uh, participate in volunteering, avoid sedentary behaviors, um, etc. And there's interesting research coming out about um, sense of purpose and and resilience during COVID isolation. Um, I know for me personally, um, were it not for leaning into this community and building, trying to build this community during COVID, um, I would have really, really struggled um, to make it, honestly. I'm not, uh, you know, my mental health um, was struggling <laughs> when I had no, when I had no connections going on, um, you know, and, and leaning into zoom practices with, uh, with the team. And when I, once I invested in, in all of the necessary infrastructure to be able to host team practices, we did it three days a week on zoom. And it, we were talking, you know, an hour to 90 minutes for most sessions. And, you know, by the end of COVID we had, you know, 10, 15 people come into to Zoom sessions uh, three times a week. So it really helped. And it was kind of interesting to see that as as lockdown restrictions and the, the pandemic wore on, uh, it, uh, attendance actually increased. Um, so you could really see that it was it was kind of serving a purpose um, that that people that people really needed. Um, so I found that to be I found that to be really interesting and uh it, it did help me land on the fact that i there was there was something valuable here right um there, there was something I, I had i had figured something out um that was important um for for myself in particular but also uh, validating that it wasn't just me it was uh it was important for for everyone and so I thought that was, that was really cool. Um, so t the, the five I've listed so far, and I'm, I'm making a list now. I should have done this ahead of time, but this one was pretty ex extemporaneous. I'm not going to lie. Not, not my most planned episode. Um, happiness, strong personal relationships, uh, health benefits, longevity, and healthy habits um, are, are five, the, the first five benefits that, that I've mentioned. All right, and in line with the longevity and health is better sleep. Now, I know I talked a lot about sleep on the last episode, and I still think that sleep is our longest lever to improve resilience to stress. And 
because of that, you'll see that correlation to uh, longevity and health. And I would say better sleep maybe kind of falls within um, the healthy habits part. But I wanted to call out um, the the important of the importance of sleep because um, people with higher purpose and life scores um, have have better um, sleep quality scores, lower incidence of sleep apnea, uh, lower incidence of restless leg syndrome, um, all sorts of things. So I found that to be, uh, to be really interested, uh, or really interesting, excuse me, <laughs> really interesting. Um, and, and as maybe a corollary to that, or maybe as a corollary to the overall, um, to the overall healthy habits, um, there is also a, a statistically significant uh, re- reduction in risk of Alzheimer's disease, which for me personally um, is is really important. This is actually how I kind of stumbled across this topic. Um, as a former college offensive lineman, one of the things I am most concerned about is uh, CTE and um, Alzheimer's. I'm really worried about my brain turning to mush. Um, and so... I, I tend to, I have, I actually have Google alerts, um, to get email, <laughs> to get emails about new research on Alzheimer's. Um, and, and there was a seven year study, uh, at, at a senior living facility that, that found, um, that people who had higher life, life satisfaction scores had lower risk of Alzheimer's. And that was then, uh, validated, um, in a follow-up study as well. Um, so having higher life satisfaction scores, um, also reduces your, risk of Alzheimer's, uh, which for me, like I said, is incredibly important. And anything that I can do to reduce my risk profile on that is, uh, is going to be there. Right. And so, you know, another, another follow on to, to this is better heart health. Um, there's, there's another, other studies that, that showed correlation between, um, better life satisfaction scores and decreased risk of heart attack and stroke. Right. Um, so there's also a, a lot less risk of needing, um, a stent or, uh, surgery according to a, a large, uh, a large study, another meta-analysis, 10 studies. Um, so I'm, I think there's better heart health is, is another, so <laughs> again, another one that, that I'm worried about because uh, my grandfather died of a massive heart attack and my father has had a triple bypass. Um, so if you need a reason to take care of your heart or, oh, you know, help <laughs> taking care of your heart, um, I think it's important that you have purpose in life. So that's another one. That's another one for me, um, that, that I flagged because that's, I think that's pretty important. Um, and then there's also a strong tie to, um, better mental health scores, which I alluded to before, um, that you're, you're going to see significant improvement in, uh, depression scores. Um, but there's also less risk of addiction and if you listen to to Brad Jensen, who I've had on this podcast, um, and he talked about how his his history with addiction, but he's talked about on his podcast how um, community and mental health um, are the antidote to addiction. 
addiction is loneliness and isolation and desperation and uh, community and connection to others and purpose is the antidote to that. Um, so the, the more you have purpose in life, the more you connect with your community, the better your mental health will be and the lower your incidence rate of addiction. So I've talked pretty openly about my struggles with, uh, you know, uh, eating disorder before and, you know, some of the addiction things that, you know, addictive tendencies and all or nothing personality, um, that, that come, that comes in, um, for me a lot, uh, is, is another one that is, uh, strongly, strongly correlated to, uh, decrease in risk if you have a purpose in life. But this is all well and good, right? Um, this is all woo-woo happy stuff. What about the money, man? What about the money? <laughs> well, last but not least, uh, wealth. People with higher purpose in life also had higher scores of prosperity. And so higher income, uh, greater net worth, more assets, um, even after taking baseline wealth into account. And this, that one again comes from the British, uh, the British study. But, um, I found that one to be really interesting too, that the, the stronger you have a purpose in life, um, the more likely it is that you will also accumulate wealth, which is really, really interesting because, uh, for a lot of us in the Western world, especially and in America, I will say we are conditioned to believe that wealth is the path to happiness. And we might actually have that backwards. Uh, happiness is the path to wealth. <laughs> Not that wealth is the purpose, right? Not that wealth is something um, independently worth striving for. But if that's what if that's what uh, if that's something that motivates you, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with pursuit of uh, financial comfort or pr pursuit of wealth. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, so long as it is done in an ethical manner um, and. Uh, I just find that, I find that really interesting. And I actually, I saw a quote from, from Albert Pulhos, um, uh, that was similar to this. And, and he said, he said, uh, people think that success is the key to happiness and, uh, happiness is actually the key to success. So I would say it's, you, you could reframe that or I could, I could just, uh, steal that and say, uh, people think that wealth is the key to happiness and it's actually that happiness is the key to wealth. Right. <laughs> so there's, uh, or purpose. I, I keep I keep conflating or, or you know using using uh, happiness as a proxy for for purpose, um, and maybe that's okay. But so having purpose in life and and finding purpose in life is incredibly important and has all sorts of benefits. Um, so the ten that I listed were, and I think this is in the order I, I wrote them down. <laughs> now um, happiness strong personal connections, health, longevity, healthy habits, better sleep, lower risk of Alzheimer's, lower risk of heart conditions, better mental health, and higher wealth. If that sounds like things that you want, then I would suggest that you think about your purpose in life and what is it that you really care about and what is it that you want to be doing with your sadly finite time on this earth or maybe it's not sad that it's finite maybe it's maybe it's better that it's finite 
I don't know. That's a whole existential debate we could we could dive into, but I won't do that by myself. That's that's a conversation to be had with friends uh, over a glass of wine or uh, a coffee. You know, whatever whatever your drink of choice is. So now with all of that research having been relayed to you, what do you do with that information? Well, what do I do with that information? What am I doing with that information? And I'm going to use this platform, uh, pun intended, to, to say that I have reevaluated um, what the mission statement for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club is because uh, it's no secret, you know, that the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club is my passion project. It's something um, that that I think is part of my purpose. Um, it is it is a major part of my purpose. It's not my sole purpose, but is a is a major part of my purpose. And I, I was looking at the mission statement, and even the mission statement you hear me say on this podcast is. Uh, to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles, which is, I think, pretty close. It's a. I, I felt I felt pretty good about that mission statement when I when I first wrote it. Um, but as I'm looking at it, and as I was evaluating it and reflecting on it, I think that that mission statement falls a little bit short of what I, of what it really is that drives the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club um, and drives me when I'm when I'm thinking about how do I how do I want to shape the the direction of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club? Um, and so the new mission statement that I've come up with is uh, our mission is to become our best selves through sport. So the mission of the club is to help people become the best versions of themselves through sport. I might need to wordsmith that a, a bit, figure out the right active voice, passive voice, you know, whatever. But <laughs> the new the new mission statement will be some variant of helping helping others or helping people become the best versions of themselves through sport. And I think that's I think that's more on on brand from what the purpose is because I realize that healthy can be Healthy is relative, and uh, and sustainability is relative as well. Um, so, and it doesn't it for a lot of people, healthy is kind of a binary. Like it's either healthy or it's not. Um, and sustainability is also a binary. It's either sustainable or it's not. And I I, I live more on the world of spectrums, um, polarities, as as uh, Moham, my my boss, my CEO. Uh, would say <laughs> he loves polarity management, a good book recommendation for you. Um, and, and it talks about how many things exist uh, somewhere on a continuum between two opposite poles, right? Of sustainable versus unsustainable, healthy versus unhealthy. Um, you know, it's not a binary, um, you know, so I, I, I felt like thinking more about what it is that I'm actually striving for and what really gets me excited. It's not, it's not 
whether or not somebody hits rank one or hits CMS or loses 10 pounds or, uh, you know, any of those things, what really, what I really get pumped about is the incremental progress that I see along the way. But the things that I really, that really get me fired up is when the big mental shifts happen and identity starts to change, right? When, when people start viewing themselves as a better version of themselves and validating that, that view of themselves uh, as being an improved version of themselves because of the work we've done either on nutrition or on the platform um, or in the mental training. Right. Um, And I feel like the sport of kettlebell sport is a great mechanism for this. Now it's not the only mechanism. So don't hear what I'm not saying. (laughs) This isn't a dig on anybody else. Um, There are of course other mechanisms um, by which people can become better versions of themselves. And I'm also not saying that sport is the only way that people should be working on themselves. I go to therapy. Um, I have been pretty open about that too, right? Like I have a therapist. I love my therapist. Um, I'm really, I'm really upset with her that she's having a baby (laughs) going to be on maternity leave for, uh, 12 to 12 to 20 weeks. Um, uh, no, obviously I'm not, not actually upset with her that she's having a baby. I'm very excited for her. Um, I am, I am sad for myself that, uh, I am going to be without my therapist for, for a few months. Um, and, I don't really want to start with a new therapist, so I'm just kind of waiting for it to come back. But um, that's neither here nor there. Um, my, my point was that there are plenty of mechanisms by which people can uh, improve themselves and become a better version of themselves. But I think sport in general, like sports, athletic competition, is a great mechanism for it because it's enjoyable um, and it's challenging and there's community involved typically. Um you know, so so I think sport is a great mechanism for it. And of all of the sports that I have played, which has been a lot, um, no sport has had a more profound impact on me than kettlebell sport. No community has had a stronger impact on me than kettlebell sport. Um, so that's why I, I chose the new mission statement um, to be become our best selves through sport. Now, there are underlying pillars to that. And I'm going to articulate those as well because I think I think this is important too to not just have a, a mission statement because even Enron had a mission statement, and uh, <laughs> we we know how that ended up. They weren't they weren't exactly uh, living uh, in congruence with their mission statement. Um, so it's very easy to to say that you have a, a high purpose or have a, a high flutin mission um, and and never put any substance behind it, but. Um, there are pillars that I, that I think translate in that translate to the sport and then also translate to life. So pillar number one is strength and that is both physical strength and mental strength. You have to have the ability to do the work and you have to build that capability and you can do the heavier weight and you can do the heavier lifts by focusing on building your strength. So pillar number one is strength. Pillar number two is endurance and endurance is the capability to last to withstand prolonged periods of work prolonged periods of difficulty prolonged periods of suffering frankly especially in this sport right the ability to endure negative stimulus negative feelings um 
I think that is critical. The ability to endure. So endurance is pillar number two. Flexibility. Again, both physical and mental. Flexibility is the ability to change and the ability to extend yourself across a wide range, right? In, in movement, that's the range of motion, right? Being flexible is the ability to express your strength uh, at the end ranges of your motion without injuring yourself. Flexibility is incredibly important. The ability to achieve different positions because, you're, because your muscles, ligaments, and tendons are flexible. And mental flexibility is the ability to adapt and the ability to adjust to changing situations, changing stimulus, um, challenging situations, right? And we, we try and encourage flexibility um, on the team. I like to foster the attitude of any bells, any platform, any day, right? Um, be, and we do that by intentionally exposing ourselves to challenging situations, right? You're, you're going to show up at uh, a competition like... I don't know, we'll say uh, a world championship where you're in a gym and it's 90 degrees and it's un, uh, temp con- it's non-temp controlled. The kettlebells are brand new, fresh out of the box uh, the day before the competition, unsanded, unchalked, etc. And you might have the first flight or the second flight of the, of the comp. You're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to be able to adapt to that if you're going to achieve, right? So flexibility, uh, the ability to adjust to challenging situations, the ability to not be stuck in your ways. And, you know, you might have to rethink how you approach things. And that, that goes for me. That goes for my athletes, right? There, there are oftentimes I have to challenge uh, my athletes to think about changing their approach because if you haven't been able to achieve the goal that you want with what you've been doing, then you probably need to reconsider your approach, right? Depending on how long you've been sticking with it. Sometimes you don't need to change. Sometimes you just need to stay the course, but sometimes you need to be flexible to considering that maybe you need to think about things differently. You may, maybe you need to do things differently. So that's pillar number three, flexibility. Pillar number four is toughness. And this is both physical and mental toughness. Now, toughness is the ability to withstand negative stimulus without uh, breaking. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It it hurts, (laughs) right? Um, But how much it hurts often is determined by uh, how mentally tough you are and how physically tough you are. It's so like physical toughness. You can, you can literally think about your hands in kettlebell sport, right? How do you, how do you build up toughness of your hands in kettlebell sport? Well, you stimulate them to their, to the edge of their capability. Your hands get hot. Maybe you, maybe you tear a little bit and then you let them heal and then they come back tougher. You build up your calluses over time. So toughness uh, is achieved through consistent application of stretching or capability stretching stimulus um, over time, consistently over time. So showing up day after day, putting in the work, but also allowing yourself time to repair and recover 
so that you can get tougher because it does take time and it does take recovery. So toughness um, is, is pillar number four. And then last but not least, uh, pillar number five is community. And I alluded to this earlier um, or talked about it earlier because I think community is incredibly important. Finding your crew, finding the people that you self-select to spend your time with. Those people that have similar uh, drive as you, that are on a similar mission as you, have similar purpose, are trying to become a better version of themselves, uh, that are choosing, opting in to the same things that you are opting into. There's nothing more draining than being in a one-sided relationship when it comes to um, putting in the work on improving yourself. Like if you, if you are in a relationship where you are trying to grow and trying to improve because you want to be better and the, per, the other person in the relationship is not or they're stagnant um, or actively not or actively resistant to improving, um, that can be incredibly draining because you feel like you're, you're pulling that person along with you or that they're trying to hold you back. Whereas when you get somebody that's on your side or that's, that's aligned with you, then man, it's, it's like, it's like having somebody put help and push you from behind up the hill or pull you from in front up a hill. Right. And then when you have a whole group of people that are all trying to take that hill together or working together or trying to climb the same mountain together. Right. Um, man, that gets to be so fun and so reinforcing, right? If you want to, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? That, that whole idea, we get, we get more success out of life by working with others and having a group of people that we can lean on, right? That's the other, that's, that's the critical piece. You have to be able to lean on one another. So you have to be a pillar in your community that people can lean on, but also, other people are those pillars as well so that when you're going through a tough time, you can lean on them, right? And you'll have people that will celebrate your achievements and call you on your, on your shit and be there for you when you're struggling, right? That's what community can do for you. And as we, as we talked about, you know, in the, in the first half of the episode, that, that community and that sense of purpose go hand in hand. And so I think that community is a, is a crucial crucial pillar uh, when it comes to sport and when it comes to life just in general being involved in your community and finding your community and self-selecting the people that make you better I think that's I think that is incredibly incredibly important and the more you can actively curate the people that you want to be around I think the better it will be for you to have a higher sense of purpose, to achieve your goals, and to become the best version of yourself. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. Never peak. I want to be the best version of myself the day they burn my body. That's, that's what I'm trying to achieve. Whew. I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, it was cathartic for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope it was also valuable for you. Uh, sorry if it was a little bit rambling. Um, I, I tried to make it cogent, but uh, there's a little bit of disorganization to it. But um, I, I hope, I hope you. I hope you enjoyed it and let me know what questions you have and you'll notice the new mission statement will be reflected on uh, updated website and uh, yeah, going to be pushing some changes to, to the website and doing a little bit of redesign. But um, I wanted to start with the reflection on what is our purpose? Why are we here? Why do we exist? So hence the new mission statement. Um, I welcome your thoughts. I welcome your feedback. If you're a good wordsmith and you've got a, you've got feedback on how I should articulate that mission, uh, better, uh, I, I will, I will listen to your input. <laughs> so thank you very much. And I will see you all next time on the platform podcast. Recording stopped. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Please be sure to leave a rating and review of the Platform Podcast in your app of choice. Support our work by supporting our affiliates. And of course, if you have questions or you want help reaching your goals, reach out to me. Until next time, thanks for listening.